it's hard to follow up after God moves like that. But I'm going to trust the Lord. Um, on Wednesday, Elder Ross and Pastor um, encouraged us to read a book um, by Mounds Monroe called The Spirit of Leadership. Um, Pastor asked me to, to speak about chapter 7, which right now it's it's just amazing because the chapter the name of the chapter is called the restoration of the leadership spirit and if you heard deaconess daughters come up here she spoke about restoration and then to have israel speak through his song about moving forward and not going back it speaks on the same line of restoring your life with christ and speaking to God and asking God to restore what it is that he put in you. Back up to the Lord. In the book, there's a part that says, true leadership has more to do with mindset than methods and technique. It's all about our mindset. We can only do what our mind tells us to do. So it speaks about, in the chapter, how to renew your mind and restore your mindset to go back up to God and, and bring your mindset to God. It speaks in a chapter about a lion, how a lion was raised with sheep. And his whole life, he looked at sheep, so he thought he was a sheep, not knowing that he was a lion. It came a time where the lion caught a reflection of itself and seen another lion and realized hey what I'm doing I'm a lion his mindset changed after that and started living like a lion because he realized that he wasn't a sheep most of us say and I hear this all the time I am a product of my environment and we get this mindset because we're raised and you know in the Bronx or we're raised in Harlem or in, the, in Brooklyn however it is and most of us you know grew up in poverty and we was struggling for everything that we got and so we learned how to say well you know I'm comfortable where I'm at but if you go to church and you understand who God is you understand that God is not a God of limits there's no limits to God so the mindset that you have when you come to Christ has to change because if it haven't changed, if it has not changed, then I don't think that you're saved yet. Because when you start understanding who God is, you start letting go of some of those limits that you put on yourself. See me, I always see myself as a person that was, you know, in the street and, and you know, I had a lot of friends that was evil people and I felt like as if it had to be the same way. I felt like I had to walk around with a negative attitude and I had to look at the world as punishment because I was living in it and there was no other way to look at it. But until I came to Calvary Christian Fellowship and until I decided to see God for who he is and understand that God is a God of love, not of anger, I wouldn't be able to stand in front of you and speak about God if I didn't change my mindset, if I didn't understand who God was and start letting go of some of those stinking thinking like Elder Ross says in my life it's all about your mindset you have to restore 
your relationship back with God. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, where you lived, what your house looks like now. It matters where you're going to go from here and take it from here and put it and apply it in your life. Restoration is, is, is like a renewal. It's kind of like restoring something back. I encourage you guys to, to restore your lives with Christ if you haven't. Right now, I'm going to show a little clip um, about a man named Ronald Oliver. He um, committed second-degree murder, and um, he went to Angola Jail in um, Louisiana. His testimony, you know, it's quick, fast. It's nothing too long. But when you see it, I just want you to see how when you restore your life with Christ, things will change. You won't be able to say, oh, I am what the streets say I am. You won't be able to say, I am what my mother says I am. You're going to start saying, I am what God says I am. I am the word. Play the video, I can't. second-degree murder, and that's what brought me here to Angola. I come from the city of New Orleans, and I grew up in a very violent neighborhood and where most of my friends died before the age of 18. And, and basically, I know that I escaped death through all of that. You know, I know if, if I wouldn't have came here, I'd be dead in hell somewhere. Basically, out there, I had no peace. You know, and I always was wondering when I was going to be next to be killed, you know. And it got to a point to where I really just accepted it. You know, hey, you know, I guess this is what it's supposed to be for me, you know. And I always lived my life looking, looking back in a holding cell. I met the Lord Jesus, you know, and while the jury was deliberating, you know. Basically, on my life, 12 people had to make a decision whether I live or die. And at that point, I come to the end of my rope. I was by myself in a holding cell, and, and I heard God spoke to me. You know? And I remember what my mother always said about God, you know. If you ever in trouble, call on him. And right there, I cried out to him, and he heard my cry. Man, I have experienced a peace that surpasses understanding, you know. It, it, it makes you comfortable in a most uncomfortable situation, you know. And that's, that's, that's the difference that it has in my life, you know. I never have been at so much peace until now, you know. And it's not necessarily this place or the, the thing that happened to me, it's, it's the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, working in me, you know, on the outside. You know, where I can experience his peace and joy, man. And I wouldn't trade it in for nothing. I've been through the Bible college, received a bachelor's degree in pastoral studies, and now I'm an MA minister. My job is to go from tier to tier and minister to guys, you know, guys who are hopeless, and, you know, and I, I just share the, the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. And, and it's awesome to see, you know, it impact their life and God doing to them what he done to me, you know? And it's just passing it on. And one of my favorite scriptures is, 
Ecclesiastes 7 and 8, it says, better is the end of the thing than the beginning thereof. And goal is not the end for me. You know, I know he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I ask of thing. you know. And I believe each day I'm walking into destiny and purpose, you know. And I'm following like Abraham one step at a time. So um, I pray that that spoke volumes. <laughs> That's something that the Lord put in my spirit actually this morning because I had front and back paper to speak about my life, but it's better to see other people that are actually living in a jail cell dedicate their life to Christ and allowing them to change their life. And now he, he's ministering the word. He probably knows more than y'all, and y'all go to church every Sunday. I just pray... Lord, and Father God, those that are lost, those that are broken, Father God, those that are lonely, Lord, will be able to restore their life back to you, Lord. Lord God, that they will seek you day and night, my God, that they will learn how to renew their minds, that they will be able to read Romans 12 to apply it, Father God, and let them become disciples of your word to go out there and speak to the nation, go out there and speak to their congregation, to their communities, to the person that they sit next to in their jobs, to the person that they see in the bus stops, my God. I pray, my God, that you will ignite in them, my God, something new today, my Lord, that they will not leave this place by coming up to an altar and getting prayed for, but they'll leave to this place renewed and changed, my God. The greatest battle we have is the battle in our minds. We're just about ready to close the service. I just wanted to bring one point. Uh, we, we started talking about the book of Ephesians. We were sharing the pearls that are contained within the Ephesian thought. And in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, He made us alive when we were dead in trespass and sin. So say that with me. Say, He made us alive circumstances might have murdered or attempted to murder your purpose but God brought it alive then it goes on to say that verse 4 but God was rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us he raised us up how in the world can you understand almighty God's love for us 
it's hard it's a hard concept to understand you really have to just let it bathe you you have to just pray to God for understanding of how deep his love is for us and then in verse 10 it says he creates us we are his workmanship say with me workmanship that that word actually comes from the Greek word poema doesn't, doesn't that sound like something poema sounds like poem right it's exactly right something that an artisan creates we are his masterpiece we are his poem you're God's poem you're his prose his poem very special very unique each one of you have a different poem about you you have a different symmetry you have a you have a different expression but you're God's he's expressing you he's expressing through you to the world his love Wow so we are his inspiration created in Christ Jesus that's, that's why it's important to acknowledge Christ Jesus in your life because it, it only activates in Christ and it goes on to say he created us for good works and Nate, Nate said that you know he he learned from the streets how to have a negative attitude but Jesus created us for good works good thoughts good speech good hallelujah and this gentleman he found Jesus he knew that he was gonna die he knew it was just a matter of time before they killed him right that's what he knew at that time but when he found Jesus he found out that he was a poem all along hallelujah and, and, and the final point I want to say is, is he created us for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them in other words he already prepared and equipped everything for you all you need to do is recognize who you are I love that that means I don't have to fight for anything all I have to do is receive what he has for me now the fight that I fight is not a fight that I have to win because God already won it for me the fight that I have to fight is my own mind and when a liar comes to me and tells, him, tells me I'm nothing, I say, you lie? That's my fight. That's where my fight is to shut down any thought pattern, any lie about me, anybody that doesn't believe in me, that's got to be shut down. Because if God believed in me, that's the highest order, period. Because I'm God's workmanship. Now, this is what I want you to do. We're about ready to go. And, and one thing about this church, we're, you're lovely. All of you are lovely, but half of you don't know each other. You come in, you go out, you don't even say hi to each other, you don't even bless each other. But it's all the same five, just, you know, saying hello to each other. This is what I want to do. This is my assignment now, and this is an assignment for now. You, you pray, you, you all repented of your bad attitude. You, 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 you repented of it. I saw you all here. <laughs> you all crying, and you all... All right, fine. So now what I want you to do is I want you to go to ten people and tell them you love them and honor them. Not the same ten people you always go to. Different people. If it's the same person you see, no, not you. You know I love you. Just keep on going to the person that you don't normally say, I love you to. I bless you. And don't say that, I love you in the name of the Lord. No, no. I love you. And I honor you. And from this moment on, every time you see them, you're going to share that love with them. Is that too hard? No, because it's in Christ Jesus. You can do it. You have the power. And from now on, when you're going out, you're going to see them and hug them and bless them and, and you know, and, and, and just speak something positive and 
something eternal to him, right? You're not just going to go in and out, right? Amen? Yeah? Amen? Right? Praise God. All right, let's do that. Come on. Ten, at least 10 people. You got to count it. 10 people. Don't be cheating now. Not the same people, different people. If you hug somebody that you're always doing it, that, that doesn't count. That's not part of the tent. Father, we dismiss your people now and we give you the glory for all that you have done and all that you're about to do. Father, I pray that this healing anointing, this grace, Lord God, would go mightily with your people, Lord God, wherever they go today and throughout the week. Father, I pray for breakthroughs, even as we experience the breakthroughs today. Let it pour out. Let it spill over, Lord God, into our homes, our communities, our jobs, Lord God. We ask it and declare it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And amen. You're dismissed. Keep on. You got to find 10 people that you normally don't hug and bless and say you respect them and love them.